Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. We have Bob Levitas, sometimes known as Dr. Mac, joining us this week. Before we get started with that, however, let me tell you that later in the show, we'll be featuring the one, the only iTunes guy, Kirk McElhern. So it's going to be wild, wiki, fun-filled, especially when we put our old friend Dr. Mac in rant mode. Have you ever heard him in rant mode? Oh, this guy, when he gets started, he can't stop. Okay, Bob Levitas. Let's talk yes. about the fact that one of the senators for the state of Texas, where you live, likened net neutrality to Obamacare of the Internet. The Internet should not operate at the speed of government. Now, I think you have a few comments to make about that, don't you? Uh, just one. Ted Cruz is an idiot. <laughs> After he tweeted that, I sent him a note and suggested that he read up on what net neutrality really is because. I don't see any similarity to the the healthcare issue. Uh, and, and you know what really gets me, and I'm not positive this is true, so I don't want to say for sure that he took money from Comcast, but apparently he took campaign contributions from Comcast, which to me means he has no right talking about net neutrality. Well, to be fair, Bob, isn't it also true that a lot of politicians get contributions from many different sources, and they can't listen to all of them. Yeah, I'd be happier if when he tweeted, he said, oh, and by the way, I took money from the people who really are against net neutrality because it affects their business model. So what we're seeing here, as I take it, Bob, net neutrality means they are not controlling the pipes. They can't show preferential treatment or charge for better access. In other words, they can't do what, what Comcast and Verizon have done with Netflix already, which is basically get extra money to put their signals through faster. Now, this is where you have to weigh the pros and cons too, Bob. And I agree with you. We want a free and open internet. And sometimes you have to regulate free and open. But in a situation like this, we have Netflix, which takes up what? 20%, 40% of all the internet traffic at any one time. They dominate. They're like pushing out everybody else in a sense at a time when there's congestion. So how do you deal with a situation that's that unusual? It's not like your site or my site or any of a zillion other sites that aren't taking a lot of bandwidth. It is something that is just sucking up a humongous amount of it how do we but, accommodate that but doesn't shouldn't the onus be at the other end shouldn't the onus be pricing to the consumer so if you want netflix in your home you're going to have to get more than the basic internet package from comcast you're going to have to buy a higher tier for it to work and they make th that is where the the profit should be it shouldn't be extorting so what happened if uh, Netflix has to pay Comcast extra to get the signal into your house at a reasonable rate of speed, that, that pretty much means that the next Netflix won't even get started, won't even get off the ground, because there's a barrier to entry now. They have this surcharge they're going to have to pay. It's not right. I, don't, I, I think you're looking at what is basically a public utility, or should be considered a public utility, like the phone and, and uh, electricity. And it should be provided in, in a fair fashion 
And I don't think that Comcast should be allowed to gouge by charging some providers more than others for access to the internet. I don't mind if they put it on the consumer. If the price is the price I pay as an end user, okay. Better service, more more money. I I can go for that. Bob, they already have that right now. If you want faster speed, you order a higher tier. And the same could be true with bandwidth. A higher tier is going to offer more bandwidth. So the situation exists right now where if you want that performance level... You pay you, for it. Exactly. Right. But, if you, but should Netflix also have to pay extra so that they aren't discriminated against as network traffic? See, the whole thing about net neutrality, the way I understand it, is that all packets should be treated equally. If there's information floating around the internet, it should float around all at the same speed without anybody getting preferential treatment because that's a slippery slope. You open the door to that and who knows where we'll go. Let's look at a devil's advocate situation here. So, for example, one or two providers are using so much bandwidth, they're clogging the pipes, they're taking up the capacity that the ISP has. So, The ISP has the choice then to invest in more servers, more fiber optic cables to accommodate the needs of maybe one or two companies. Well, the problem is most people don't have a choice of more than one or possibly two internet service providers. I can only get two and one of them only goes up to, I think, about 40 megabit. That's AT&T. They don't have their fast fiber in my neighborhood. So the best I can do from them is worse than a middle tier from my cable provider. But I can't just decide I want somebody else because these guys are charging too much. You know, it's I got two choices. I guess I got three if you count satellite, but I don't. All right. Well, satellite is where you live in an area where there is no ISP. You're out in the country somewhere. Right. And no one's laying the pipes to you unless you want to send them a check for $100,000 to build it out. So we understand that that's why satellite exists. That's dear value. But in addition to AT&T, they also have Time Warner in your area? Yes. Okay. Now, Time Warner is in the process of being merged with Comcast. But let's get past that right now. What kind of speeds do you get from Time Warner? I got a, about average about 75 down and 15 up, 10 up. Okay, so you get slightly better, somewhat better performance than you get with AT&T. Now, AT&T has been rolling out gigabit fiber in some cities. Supposedly, Austin is one of them. I don't yep, know what... Yep, there's some here, but it's not in my neighborhood. Well, they saw you live there. And, and Google decided. either. I don't have Google. Google is laying fiber in Austin. But that's not in my neighborhood either yet. Okay, but the point being here is that now there's a statement from the CEO of AT&T saying they will stop investing in 100 cities where they're going to be building out gigabit fiber until the FCC clarifies their position on net neutrality. Isn't that kind of like extortion? Yes, and I hope that they don't build out their systems because that means someone else will and they'll go away and they won't be a player in the big internet provider business because that's what needs to happen. We need more capacity. And people will pay for it, but I don't think that you can unfairly charge some providers to use your internet gateway to get to their customers and charge them more than others. I just think you're you're opening up a world of craziness now in fairness netflix claims they're not paying for 
a fast lane, but paying to have their servers installed at the server farms or head ends of the ISP for direct access. You know, I'm not That's sure. kind of tricky. I'm not sure about that because maybe, but then look at uh, Aero or Aereo, whatever they were called, they're gone because they tried to, to use that same specious argument that they've got an antenna for each subscriber and all they're doing is delivering the content from the antenna over the internet. It's the same kind of thing. Now, Aereo is the company that right. lost out. Right. And now and they've, they're trying wonder, to claim though, now this, that they... I wonder if this thing that Netflix is saying is just a bunch of semantics to, to get around whether or not this is net neutrality. Now, understand here, when you normally get a site or streaming service by your ISP, unless they are physically using your ISP, it's going to go through a number of intermediate or peering networks, like a level three or a cogent or one of those. So you might have, in this data center is Netflix, and Netflix goes to these other intermediary providers, finally, they reach the borders of your ISP. And anywhere along the line, there could be trouble. And let me go into that in a moment with Bob Levitas. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. With autumn in the air... 
It's time to think about getting ready for winter. And it's time to save at HerbalHealer.com. You'll find amazing seasonal savings to prepare you for the fight against cold and flu season. Like Oregacillin to promote lung health. 30 capsules regularly $34.95, now only $25. HHA Olive Leaf, the natural antiviral, normally $16.95, now 60 capsules are just $12. HHA Elderberry Power, a great flu and virus fighter, regularly $16.95, 60 capsules, now $10. Save on all our homeopathic detoxes. Choose from lungs, kidney, liver, brain, libido, or whole body, normally $26.95, now just $20. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click on the Fall Winter Specials button to save on all our natural cold and flu-fighting products. Also explore our Herbal Healer Academy Correspondence Courses that teach you how to handle your health naturally. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. Hey everyone, my Ghost 80% AR-15 project was a total success. Thank you, Guns80.com. Thank you. I bought my Ghost AR-15 at Guns80.com. It's everything I expected and more. Just got a note from my buddy Mark, and now they're having a huge Black Friday and a big Cyber Monday sale. Guess Christmas is coming early this year. I'm definitely ordering one for my brother on Black Friday because the price drops to 400 bucks. Yes, I did just say that. 400 bucks. Unbelievable. At guns80.com, the big sale is on. Begins Friday, November 22nd, and ends December 1st. So hurry now. Sale prices for Ghost ARs again, 400 bucks. Black Friday will be a good day. Get your Ghost AR-15 at guns80.com. Sale is on right now at guns80.com. That's guns80.com. Guns and the number 8080.com. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everyone from our good friends at Guns80.com. The big sale is on. I'll see you there. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So you might have situations here where the agreement with the intermediary provider and your ISP may be in trouble because one or the other is sending too much traffic. So they slow you down. It's not the ISP slowing down Netflix, but the ISP or the intermediary peering network slowing down each other to get more money from them. So it's not a direct path. And that's also a problem. And I suspect one of the theories that Netflix is using is if we put our servers within the borders of the ISP, we don't have to deal with these other companies. We can bypass them, and we don't have to deal with traffic arrangements and agreements. I ran into that with one of my web servers at one of the hosts we deal with, where I was getting very slow performance, and it was because of this peering argument between their data center and CenturyLink, which is the one I use. Interesting. Isn't well, that wacky? You know, I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think that letting Verizon and uh, Comcast and Time Warner and AT&T become the gatekeepers of what gets, what gets to you on the internet, which basically is what happens. You know, they say, if you don't pay extra, we're going to slow down your stuff. In the case of Netflix, if they slow down the stuff for Netflix, Netflix is useless. So all of a sudden you've got gatekeepers that can keep 
content from getting to you by charging the providers whatever they're charging them. It's not a level playing field. Also understand a lot of these ISPs have their own cable TV operation. So they're feeding you TV too. Netflix, therefore, is the rival. Or Hulu or any of these other companies, they're providing a rival service to their own homebrewed TV. And with your homebrew TV, there's no bandwidth problem. There's no cap or anything. You just pay your monthly fee and you get it. But as soon as you want to get someone else's TV signal over your pipes, suddenly you've got a problem. True. I just wonder how antitrust laws work with that. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I I think that companies like AT&T, Verizon, and uh, uh, Comcast will... Uh, how do I put this politely? We'll uh, screw the consumer any way they can. And in this case, uh, they're going to end up having way too much power over what gets to my browser or what gets to my computer and how fast it gets to me. And, you know, in the, in, if you think about it in the big picture, it's really going to stifle innovation and new uh, services and uses of the web because as soon as you get any kind of traction going, the ISPs are going to come after you and make you pay more to get your stuff to people. You know, so the more popular you get, the more expensive your transmission costs will be. I just, I don't like it. It doesn't seem fair. It seems like, you know, uh, the, the consumer just basically gets the raw end of the stick. It's like trading so-called government tyranny and control for private industry tyranny and control and which would you prefer would you prefer someone who's an equal opportunity offender who's not making a profit from a specific party or institution or would you prefer the corporation who will sell itself to the highest bidder yeah i prefer the government and in this case i think that regulation might be appropriate if only to keep the playing field level because the internet's too important to let it become a playground for the rich who can afford, you know, the the additional tariffs. Let's move on to other rants here. Okay. And let me just provide one quick rant, which might interest you. So we have the fact that when iOS 8 came out, some of the oldest hardware, the iPhone 4S and the iPad 2, had kind of lagging performance. Ars Technica did a test where application launch times, shutdown, start, were noticeably slower. Sometimes only a quarter of a second, sometimes it could be a second, but a little bit means a lot, and it's a difference between a snappy interface and something that just lags all over the place. Now, Apple came out with the 8.1.1 update, and everyone is publicizing the information, mainstream newspapers. Apple fixes performance problems on the iPad 2 and iPhone 4S. And you read all these articles, and I don't recall a single one, there probably is one or two, where they ever tested the claim. It's just a claim. Apple says, we got better performance with this update, install it. But do you just accept that as true? Do you just copy the press release or the release notes? Or shouldn't you test it to see if Apple's telling you the truth or whether it makes a difference? What's your opinion? Well, I wouldn't write it unless I had seen it or heard it from people I consider reliable. You know, because I don't, I don't have an iPad 2, I don't think. I have a third generation So I couldn't even test the claim, but I wouldn't write about it just because Apple says it's true. 
I would but, want some kind of uh, some kind of empirical evidence that it actually was. So if Ars Technica tested again, and I read the article and read their test and believed it, I might tweet that out or mention it in an article or something. But I'm not a big fan of um, putting stuff out just because it's in a press release. I, I'm kind of a show me guy. It's the argument between being a reporter or a copy machine. And yeah, if you just publish a press release without comment or just qualifying it and say that Apple claims a performance improvement in their release notes, not that there's a performance improvement or Apple improves performance. They claim, they allege it's in a press release. It's in release notes. It hasn't been tested or if it is tested such and such or thus and so or individual users claim it's better. That's being a journalist. That's true. And, you know, uh, it's funny because suppliers call me up and say, hey, I got this great new product. Will you write about it? And I say, sure, send me one to play with. And they go, well, we don't have any to send you. And well, I can't write about something that I haven't used. The, my, the whole reason people read me is because they trust my opinion. And I don't have an opinion about your press release. <laughs> send me your product. I, I just don't understand how they can expect you to write. I, I, I could see maybe in a in a column that's you know late breaking news, giving stuff from a press release one line. You know, Apple says that the, they've released a faster version of the system or whatever. But for the most part, I don't like to write about anything that I haven't used, hands on, spent some time with. Before we break, let me give you one example of this approach from manufacturers. So I get a press release about a new case with a tiny wallet on it. So you can put some cash and maybe a few credit cards. And that might be enough. Maybe you stick your driver's license in there, your insurance card, you know, $20 and one credit card. That's fine with your iPhone. I understand the convenience. So I wrote back to the guy and I say, okay, this is very interesting. I would like to review your product. Would you send me one? Okay, very simple request. We're not talking about a really expensive item. Maybe it's $100, maybe it's 50 I don't recall at this point, and I'm not going to look up the reference. So what do you think the CEO of the company told me when I said I'd like to review it and I'd like a sample? We'll find out. Bob Levitas is with us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. From the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. 
What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Rant Day on the Tech Night Owl Live with Bob Levitas, Dr. Mack, author of zillions of books. Okay, not as many as Brad Steiger or... Isaac Asimov, but he's really trying. And Isaac Asimov is dead, so we don't have to worry about him running any books except by Ouija board. In any case, so the person who runs this peripheral company, they're making leather cases for an iPhone with a tiny space for maybe some cash and a couple of credit cards or something and an ID. He writes back and says, I'll give you a 25% discount. 
So I wrote back to him and said, you want to get reviewed, you send me the product and I'll send it back if you want me to send it back. It's no problem. But I'm not going to buy everybody's product, even at a discount, to review it. Maybe Consumer Reports does that. But I don't do that. No tech magazine I know does that. Bob Levitas doesn't do that. And, of course, he's written a thousand books, so maybe he I has wish a couple I could. of dollars. I wish I could. I wish I didn't have to rely on the kindness of suppliers to review products. I wish I could afford to buy them. But for the most part, the products I review aren't expensive enough for it to matter iPhone cases and uh, little gadgets and stuff. I mean, other than other than big peripherals and iPhones and iPads, most of the stuff I'm going to review is pocket change. And and the thing is, I do buy a lot of that. I buy a lot of apps that are under ten bucks because it's too much trouble to just send an email to the the vendor and wait uh, for a one of their rare. You know, Apple only gives you so many codes for each app you put in the store. So there's a limited supply of them. And I hate to ask if it's under five or 10 bucks and it's something I want to try, I'll buy it and try it. Uh, but I can't do that with more expensive things like speakers and headphones and cameras and, you know, smart home products. I can't afford to buy everything I might like to review, but I wish I could. I like the idea of Consumer Reports doesn't accept anything from the people they write about. No ads, no nothing. And they, they still it. make a lot of mistakes over there. Yeah, but at least the mistakes are come by rightly with no influence from PR people. And, you know, if you buy it at the store, you know that your unit wasn't specially fixed up, you know, or, or that I like the idea of buying one off the shelf to test rather than getting one sent to me by a manufacturer who could do, you know, there's a lot of these products. You don't know what's under the hood. They could send it to you with a, with a faster chip in it. They could send it to you with uh, better drivers. And the, they could send you a speaker with the amplifier tuned better than the ones that go in the boxes at Kmart or Walmart or whatever. So, you know, I always wonder if maybe the vendors are sending me cherry-picked product. I think responsible manufacturers don't do that. And why I think that is because if they're caught doing it once, their reputation is shot. So well, they I've won't never, do it, but smaller companies might get away with it or might have a cozy relationship with the media. But let's just get back to this. So the guy who wanted me to review or cover stories about this peripheral, here's the coverage he's getting. No coverage. Don't buy the product because he won't give us a chance to test it and evaluate it. So there you go. That always says something to me. If you're, if you're a respectable reviewer, if you've got a, a real media outlet like you or I, uh, any of these guys that say, I'm not sending you one, especially when you say, I am happy to send anything I test back when I'm done with it. I'm, I'm happy. And in fact, a lot of that stuff that they'll ask for it back and I'll say, can I buy this? I want to keep it. I like it, but I'm happy. And I wish, uh, I wish there were a better way because I can't review a bunch. You know, I bought one of those, uh, parrot AR drones for 300 bucks because they wouldn't send me one to play with. And I really wanted to review it. So I bought it and I tried it. And guess what? I had a 15-day money-back guarantee and I took advantage of it because it did not live up to the hype. And now I know why they wouldn't send me one to review. Speaking of reviewing, let's look at another area where you could rant. And the best way to say, what does he rant about, Bob Levitas? Into it. Now, just think, I think by now or... It's already happened. Bill Campbell from 
into it is leaving the board of directors of Apple. And you think a guy who is on a board of directors of Apple and makes a product that supports the Mac platform would make sure that Mac users get quality features, pricing comparable to other platforms, right? Yes. With Intuit, wrong. Go ahead and explain. Read the article that I just, it's not up on Mac Observer yet, but it will be by the time this goes on the air. And I just finished a long article explaining why for the past 15 years, I've been trying to get rid of Quicken and find something else that would serve my needs, which are very modest. All I want is something to keep track of my finances and to allow me to pay bills without writing checks and and putting them in envelopes and putting stamps on them. It's all I want. And I could not find anything. I started looking. I had to trace back the history for this article. I started in 1998. And only last year did I find something that worked for me well enough to get rid of Quicken. And hallelujah. They are the the most Mac-hostile company, I think, that makes any Mac product. They show so little regard for Mac users. I, I couldn't trust them with my financial data because I never knew when they were going to discontinue their Mac product again, which they've done twice now that I can recall, maybe three times. So just think about this, for example. We have Quicken 2007. And this is a product that came out in 2007 but does not run native on Intel-based Macs, which were first introduced in 2006. So they're already late to the game. So they come up with a newer version called Quicken Essentials, which is a stripped-down version of Quicken without a lot of features. Including bill pay. Including bill pay, which is a very critical feature of Quicken. Now, it's true you can use bill pay from your bank, but if you do it through Quicken... You can switch banks and still be able to use a feature. Well, and it's all in one place, and it's very... If you do it with a desktop app, it's a lot faster than doing it on your uh, bank's website. Most of the websites run by banks. Hopefully, they're secure. One hopes they are secure. But the interfaces are from... We don't want to use the words. any case, let's just look at this now. So, Apple, beginning with OS X Lion discontinues Rosetta, which allowed you to run PowerPC apps on Intel hardware. So what does Quicken do about Quicken 2007? Nothing for four months. Finally, they release a new version of Quicken 2007, still called Quicken 2007, that is now compatible with Intel-based Macs, native. And what do they do with this release? They charge you for it. No new features, just the same program recompiled to support the hardware they should have supported when the first version came out. Wait, worse than that. No new features and now, what, four generations behind the Windows version? (laughs) Well, that's even before we get to that. Just having the same features and charging charging for it. For compatibility. Right. And it's not your fault. You bought a product, you see... You bought a product in 2007, a year after Intel Base Max came out. Intuit didn't make it compatible native to that platform. You had to run it in an emulation-type feature, Rosetta. I mean, that's cheating the customer. By the way, this stuff is all going to be, it's all in the story that's going up on Mac Observer, including I reproduced all three of the columns I've written about Intuit over the past 15 years. So you can get this whole story 
from from when it was happening as opposed to now us recapping it you know five years later but all of this all of this if you go to mac observer and look for my quicken story um all of this and all of this all the details of this all the the sleazy little details are in my my piece that i wrote and basically they are it's unbelievable how mac hostile they are and how badly they've treated mac users for so many years and that their ceo bill campbell was on the board of apple the whole time let's continue with this discussion or rant or whatever you want to call it with bob levitas i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night out live Suspensions, FCC investigations. That's man cow for you. Hear him here. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three square meals you'll need in an emergency. So the freeze-dry guys three-square meal unit sale is just a ticket. A variety pack of tasty, nourishing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on sale now. Breakfast is freeze-dry guys' favorite. Hot oatmeal and sweet dehydrated bananas. Lunch is Mountain House freeze-dried hot macaroni and cheese and crisp green beans. And dinner is Mountain House long grain wild rice pilaf and hearty beef stew, vegetables, and gravy. Call freeze-dry guy and ask for details on the 120. 26 serving three square meals unit. One case normally 164.37. Sale price at only 138.90. Save over 25 bucks. Get two or three cases and save even more. Or ask about freeze dry guys fall chili special. Always free shipping to the lower 48 states. Call 866-404-3663 or click freezedryguy.com. And hurry, the fall chili special and three square meals unit are on sale while supplies last. From the freeze dry guy, the finest freeze dried and dehydrated foods available for long term storage. Period. Stress, like many conditions in a fast-paced society, is at epidemic proportions. And one of the most effective ways to support your body during periods of excessive stress is by replacing the nutrients expended during that time. De-stress contains large amounts of B-complex vitamins in addition to vitamin C, magnesium, and valerian root extract. For more information on this and other great products, contact Lady Talk Live at 855-333-5239. Majestic Earth's Beyond Tangy Tangerine contains no artificial sweeteners or preservatives and is glycemic friendly. This easy dissolving powder contains plant-derived minerals, vitamins, amino acids, and 115 fruits and vegetables. I can't think of anything better for you. For more information on this and other great products, contact Lady Talk Live at 855-333-5239. 
That's 855-333-LADY. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Let me throw out one more thing about Quicken. They came out with a new version for the Mac, Bob Levitis, and it's lacking a number of features from the Windows version. They give you the chance to vote on which features you want them to add, but you can only choose three at a time. <laughs> I mean, this is absurd. But the price is not less than the Windows version. So they're selling you a product for the same price with less capabilities. In other words, they're cheating you. Well, yes. But then what's new? This right. is a company that's had no no respect for Mac users ever. When Apple was in trouble, and this is, you know, when Apple was deep in the doldrums of what we used to call the death knell counter era, when we used to hear that Apple was doomed every week, right? Uh, when that was going on, Intuit stopped. They, they said we're stopping production of uh, Quicken for the Mac completely. This was in 1998. And since then, they've just, you know, completely, they make a ton of money from Mac users. Oh, you want to hear another good one? They have an iOS app now, Quicken for iOS. But guess what? It's not compatible with the Mac version. (laughs) Nice, huh? It's like they almost deliberately did this. But I just wonder here how Apple has a situation where Bill Campbell's on the board of directors of Apple. All these years, you'd think that Tim Cook and Steve Jobs would have been screaming at this guy in his ear, what is it that you think you're doing? Would you please resign? For heaven's sake, resign. Get off this board. We don't want you here, and I'm going to publicly rebuke you if you continue, if you don't give us support for the platform. Why didn't they say anything? I don't know. I, 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 this, that whole, the whole bill on the board and, into its attitude towards Apple users has just mystifies me. You would think with such a big installed base and such a big potential profit center, they would, they would be falling all over themselves to uh, in, endear themselves to Mac and, and Apple product users. But instead, they've 
pretty much made themselves the, I would guess they're the least liked brand in Apple software and Mac software. I can't think of another Mac program that people so universally dislike. Okay, so I dislike Quicken. Try iBank 5. It's a, they've got a 30-day free trial, so you can import your Quicken data and see how you like it. And for me, it's great because big software that makes iBank is an all-Apple company. They only make Apple software, so they've got iBank for your Mac, and they've got iBank for your iPhone and your iPad. Uh, really nice, full-featured apps that let you do pretty much everything you can do on the desktop on your, uh, on your iDevice. And they only develop for Apple. They're not spending uh, 80% of their development resources on another platform. They're spending 100% on the platform I use, which is iOS and macOS. So, and the, the app, I, I don't know, to me, every version of Quicken has looked like a bad port from Windows. You know, they have di- nested dialog boxes with tiny print in them and lots of, lots of stuff that's modal and you can't do anything else while you're doing that. And iBank is kind of the opposite. Everything's in one window, and there's uh, really nice summary screens that you know show you what, what you'd have to struggle to create a report and quicken to see. It's just all right there with one click. Everything works in a very Mac-like way. You know, It just looks and feels like you'd expect a program made for the Mac to look and feel, unlike Quicken. Does it import all the data from Quicken? You know, I, I don't know if it imports all the data because I don't have all the data. It imported all of mine flawlessly, and that's two investment accounts and a bank account, a checking account, and a savings account. It basically took all that stuff in, and uh, now I, I don't know about more sophisticated like it, uh, investing stuff. Because my investing stuff is very simple. But it, it was the first one that I actually could import Quicken data into, open it up, and say, I could switch right now. My data is complete enough that I could throw away Quicken and be done with it. Every other app I tried had problems importing the data, lost things like uh, categories, and you know, there was just always a problem. So for me, uh, and, and the fact that there's a 30-day free trial makes it a no-brainer. If you don't like Quicken, try iBank. It costs you nothing. You can import your data and see how it works. You have 30 days. And at the end of 30 days, you'll know if you can switch. You'll know if it works for you. And I think that 30-day uh, free trial is brilliant on their part because this isn't software you can try for a minute and and know if you're going to use it you know you have to import your data and you have to make sure everything came in right and that the balance the numbers still match so i i I really like the software and the company i'm i'm very happy with it i don't feel like i'm going to be orphaned again next year uh you know there i'm sure there'll be a new version of ibank next year i can't say the same for quicken what about the learning curve switching over? Hard, hardly. Um, there were a couple things that kind of confused me at first, like the way it handles uh, storing your recurring transactions that you pay electronically. 
you know, in Quicken, there was a, a modal window that you kept all that stuff in and you could go back and edit it. Uh, in this, uh, there are templates and they're, it, it's a little, it takes a little getting used to, but once you figure out where the stuff is stored and, and can find it, it's easy. And really not a big learning curve. It's a, it's a ledger, you know, it's a checkbook interface. It looks like a checkbook. You know how to use that already. And in fact, that main interface where you type in, you know, the name and all that stuff for each, uh, each transaction feels a lot like the interface for Quicken. It's got the same spaces and it looks almost the same. But everything else is streamlined and easy. How does the price compare, Quicken and iBank? I think Quicken, uh, let me see what Quicken is. iBank is $59.99, and it's available either from the App Store or direct from IG. Um, let's see what Intuit, let's see what they're getting for a copy of Quicken for the Mac. You know, if you go to the Quicken page in, at Intuit. Okay, oh, I yeah. got it right Oops. now. I said Quicken for the Mac. Is seventy four ninety nine? Okay, seventy four ninety nine. And they claim to have a free two thousand fourteen two thousand fifteen mobile app. Yes, but if you go to the app store, it says not compatible with the Mac. So I'm going to stand by that. How about that? That's confusing. Where is the app store? I'm going to look and see because I checked it the day before I wrote uh, this article, and it said not compatible with Mac iTunes Store, Quicken. Quicken. Here we go. iPhone app. Quicken 2013-2014. Okay. You know what? No, there's a new version of it, and now it's compatible. <laughs> well, it's about time. I may have to go in and edit my article now. Okay. The point being here is that iBank 5 is $20 cheaper than Quicken. And I guess you make your decision. But it's also a matter of who supports the Mac platform better. And that's important. And, you know, we can raise the Microsoft subject when it comes to support to the Mac platform. It seems with Mr. Nadella running the show that Apple platforms are getting more emphasis. Like, for example, the new Office for iPad. There is nothing on the Windows platform even close. It's pretty decent. A lot of people like it. And now, supposedly, next year's version of Office for the Mac and for Windows will have feature parity. Do I hear that right? Where did it say that? <laughs> One of the stories I read, because right now there's a public beta version of Outlook for Mac, a new version which will be part, I guess, of the 2015 version of Office, available if you're an Office 365 subscriber. subscriber. Listeners, I want you to take a moment to check out Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. Check out our new premium service where you can get ad-free, high-resolution versions of the Tech Night Owl Live. we got more to come with Bob Levitas. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. 
We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Bob Levitis joining us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. I was just talking very briefly about possible promise of feature parity between the Mac and Windows versions of Office. And we've got Outlook for the Mac out now if you subscribe to Office 365. And supposedly it's going to be in terms of features very similar to what the Windows version has. I don't know. I don't have the Windows version running right now. I guess that might be one of the things where they seem to be making a move towards the Mac platform to get more business. Is that because Apple is taking so much away with the free iWork? I think that's part of it. And I think part of it is that I believe Apple is selling more Macs now than ever before. And certainly iOS uh, is up there in the in the same general area as android so you know not making stuff for apple probably uh costs you somewhere in the neighborhood of half of the potential market you know i think it's less for the computers and more for the ios stuff but let's let's just call it half i mean i think that they've woken up and realized that apple users are a uh are a big deep-pocketed community that could account for a lot more into it profit i don't know why they never did this before i mean apple's been on a tear for four or five years you'd think they'd have seen this coming a couple of years back are we talking about microsoft or into it into it okay but with microsoft what i see is 
they're taking an approach where as long as there's business there, even if they don't go over to Windows, it's business, it's money. Why turn it down? Well, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that the Mac business unit used to be a fairly profitable unit inside of, of Microsoft. I mean, it had a couple hundred employees at, at one time, and they took it very seriously. I think they still do. I think Microsoft has a lot more respect for Apple users than Intuit. They haven't discontinued their products. They haven't, you know, I guess they kind of threatened to once, but it never really happened. And the truth is, they make good products. I don't know that there's anything else like Word if you're working in a professional, highly structured content environment. I know I can't use Pages with most of the publishers I work with. It's just, it's close, but no cigar. We have a segment and a half left, and a little bit later we'll have Kirk McElherm, the iTunes guy. I'm going to ask him about all these criticisms about iTunes 12. Oh, gosh. Oh, right. Everybody has a problem with iTunes 12, so let's see what he thinks, because he's the iTunes guy. Okay, Bob Levitas, we know you've been checking the new Apple hardware, and I think a lot of us who are still using desktop computers are interested in the iMac 5K. Yes. It seems to be a pretty unique beast. As a matter of fact, Kirk traded in his new Mac Pro for an iMac 5K. Interesting. I could see that. I could see that. He probably saved himself $2,000, $3,000 because he, he sold off his 4K monitors that he bought with his Mac Pro, and he got a 5K monitor and a whole iMac for 2500 bucks. It's a good deal. And if you add a few little things in there, you get some pretty great performance, even above the basic level. The ones yes, I've it, seen, did you do your own performance testing when you had a chance to review it? I didn't do performance testing because I'm not set up for it. It's all objective compared, uh, comparing it to the other Macs I have in the house. You know, I didn't do any benchmarking. I don't really believe in benchmarking for a, a computer anyway. I mean, it's a good thing to look at if you've got the numbers, but really, I want to know, do apps feel like they launch faster, slower? Uh, does uh, applying a filter in Photoshop take longer or shorter? Things like that. So the performance was really good, but um, it comes with a fusion drive, and I found it a little sluggish because I'm used to a big SSD. And the one upgrade I would say, uh, absolutely, if you're going to order one, is order it with a SSD, the biggest SSD you can afford, instead of the Fusion Drive, the hybrid Fusion Drive, which I thought, I, I, I talked to other people who don't notice it, but they use a rotational, a mechanical drive, a hard drive on their main machine. People who use SSDs noticed it, like okay. me. Of course, if you have an extra $800 to spend for a terabyte SSD, that's the point where you have to decide, is the hybrid good enough or must you spend that $800 or stick it on the credit card or something like that? For me, I would, I would go for a smaller SSD and an external disk to store stuff that's not as, as uh, speed dependent. I'd like to boot from my SSD and keep uh, you know stuff that I'm working on currently and things like audio and photos can go on a different disc. They can go on a rotational drive. That would be my advice. I mean, that, that maximizes how far your dollars go because the big SSDs, although I ordered my MacBook Pro with a one terabyte SSD and I'm happy I did, but a MacBook Pro is a portable and I need 
a big enough drive that I can pick it up and go somewhere and have everything I need on the main drive. On a desktop, it's a little different because you can. it's not a big deal to stack up a couple of drives next to it for other stuff. And that's the system I, I run here mostly. Um, even with a one terabyte SSD, my music and photos don't live on my main drive, just a small subset of them. So if I grab the MacBook Pro and run out the door, I don't have my whole 20,000 song music library and 500 movies and all that stuff that lives here on a hard disk. So that, that would be my advice. Um, I'm going to send you the URL for my review uh, at Mac Observer, and you're welcome to put that in whatever you do, show notes or something, or on the website. But I would buy one. I would have bought one in a heartbeat had I not just bought a MacBook Pro this year. Now, interesting thing here. They've done some benchmarks using these canned benchmark things compared to a Mac Pro. And if you're just dealing with single core or up to four cores, the iMac is as fast or faster than a Mac Pro. If you're using the seven or eight apps that people care about that require multi-cores, that makes sense to spend the extra money for the Mac Pro. And well, a specialized and kind of work. Say, I have to say, I ran Final Cut Pro on my on the, the iMac 5K that Apple lent me that's already gone back. But I ran Final Cut Pro at very high resolutions, 3,800 pixels across or 5,000 pixels across. And uh, performance was very usable. Everything was small, but very usable. And, and I could see if you're a professional and you're working with 4K video, yeah, you probably would be best off with a Mac Pro. But if you're working with 720 or hd video and you're not you know you're not doing tons of it i think you'd be fine with this uh imac retina 5k in fact i think it's the cheapest way for most people to get into being able to work with 4k video at all i can't work with it on my machines i don't have them i don't have i can but i don't have a, a display big enough to see the output at 100 percent size now just bear in mind here Dell is coming out with a 5K display, 27 inches. They did already. They, it's out already. The yes, price and it's in my article. The price is 24.95, which is the same as well. Okay, so Apple sells this, the same kind of display with the same specs, but they include an iMac with theirs. That's what it comes down to. So much for the Apple tax, right? I mean, this is really interesting. This is an interesting product. And it looks like they're really being slammed with orders because they've actually delayed deliveries on some of them. Now, maybe it's difficult to produce a 5K display. Maybe that's part of it. But right now, I think if you want to get one, you have to wait an extra week or two. And it may be, again, that there's a lot of people there, a lot of people who can't afford a Mac Pro with all the bells and whistles and the extra display, but see this as either a total solution or maybe an 80% solution for a lot of their work much more convenient, and they're just lining up to buy those things. And when looking at Mac sales, are just going through the roof. This is supposed to be the highest market share of the Mac platform since 1995. So isn't that interesting how things have changed after all these years? The Mac remains relevant. We've got a guy here who's very relevant, so relevant we'll keep him for one more segment. He is the only... They can be no substitutes, Bob, Dr. McLevitis. We're going to ask him about the iPad Air 2, Apple's tongue twister of a name, in our next segment of the Tech Night Out Live. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRA, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. 
Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Bob Levitas, he reviewed the iPad Air 2. Now, say that five times fast. No. Can't do it. No. Do you have a bleeper? If I try to say it five times fast, there's a good chance something bad's going to come out. Well, we can take it out in the mix. Actually, they run this show on a seven-second delay. And by the way, since we're mentioning the show, let me tell you something. We now have something new we're going to push really a lot of here because I just set up last week. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. What is Tech Night Owl Plus? Well, of course, this is a commercial radio show. You hear it on the GCN network. You hear it on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. And because it's a commercial radio show, it's got commercials. Okay, that makes sense. That's how they pay the bills. At least the network pays the bills that way. But a lot of listeners said to me, Gene, can't you just offer a version without the ads? Now... I don't think the advertisers are going to lose anything here. And the reason I say that is because if somebody doesn't want to hear the ads, they're going to fast forward for them. They're not going to listen to the show. They're not losing business. But people who don't want the ads, we have a special for them. It's called Tech Night Out Plus. It's $5 a month, about the price of a Frappuccino from Starbucks, or $50 a year for the full year. So you save a couple of months that way. And you get each week a higher resolution version of the Tech Night Out Live, no ads. We've got a chat room in there. We'll add custom forums and other content over time, maybe special interviews that are exclusive strictly to subscribers of Tech Night Out Plus. That's Tech Night Out Plus. To find out more, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Let us now return to Apple's famous tongue twister, the iPad Air 2 with Bob Levitas. Bob? I'm here. I'm waiting for you. Oh, you want me to say something about the iPad Air? I basically uh, had no intention of getting a new iPad. I have a fourth generation iPad and I have an iPad mini and I was perfectly happy with what I had. And then Apple sent me the iPad Air and now I'm spoiled because it, it really doesn't seem like it's that big a difference. But when you hold them in your hand for a few minutes, you'll know you want to hold the iPad Air too and not the heavier, bigger, bulkier, old iPad. And that's basically the bottom line is you don't need, if you've got an old iPad, you don't need to replace it. But if you hold one of these in your hands for a few minutes, you're going to want to. That was the big argument we used to make. That was a big argument that the original iPad was too heavy to carry in one hand for more than a few minutes. The original iPad Air was lighter, But still, after a few minutes, it starts to kind of drag on your hand. 
What about this one? Can you hold this in one hand for an extended period of time? Yes. Yes. Not as easily as the iPad mini, but almost. And it's, you know, significantly larger and not much heavier. So yeah, I would say yes. And the weight difference is eight ounces, a little under eight ounces, but it feels like pounds. It really does. If you hold one in each hand, you you really notice the difference. It's also the new iPad Air is smaller all the way around and um, way thinner. I also like the anti-reflective coating because I I use my iPads outdoors sometimes, and my older iPad isn't great under bright direct light, and the iPad Air 2 is better. You can can tell that they've done something, the display, to, to help with reflections. And I like the uh, Touch ID sensor because I'm, I'm used to it on my phone now, and it's convenient when I buy apps on the iPad and things like that. I love the Apple SIM, the new Apple SIM, where you can purchase your cellular data a la carte from your choice of wireless providers rather than having to buy an iPad that's married to T-Mobile or Verizon or AT&T. Now, the big argument made by some reviewers is that maybe there's not enough there to buy a new iPad, but I think they're forgetting the fact that people who bought an iPad last year are not apt to update. People Uh who bought it two years ago might have a possible decision of updating, maybe because they want something that's a little faster and lighter. People who bought it three years ago, boy, they will update. Yes, and I think that's kind of what I was saying was, you you know, it's not that it's that much of a better performer, than other iPads, the resolution's the same, the the processor's faster, but not not so terribly so that anything stood out to me as being, you know, awesome on the Air 2 and not so awesome on my old iPad. So I, I, I don't think most people need a new iPad Air 2. The problem is, as soon as you've held one in your hand, your old iPad will feel big and old and bulky. So my my review basically said you may not need an iPad Air 2, but you're going to want one. Uh, Once you've touched it, uh, you can't get it out of your head. (laughs) It's like, ooh, that's so much nicer. That feels so much better in my hand. I like that so much more. So is this the magic bullet to really jumpstart iPad sales again? I don't think so. I think this is more of a uh, progression. I think this is just the, you know, the next... Uh, better, faster, lighter, but no great breakthroughs other than the uh, Touch ID. So I don't think this is going to ignite iPad sales, but I think this will, uh, I think there's a, you know, now you've got a pretty good complete product line at a lot of price points with a lot of different form factors uh, to suit any need. So you can buy an older iPad for less money. It's bigger and a little fatter and slower. You can buy a new iPad and pay a little more. You can buy a small iPad. You can buy a small iPad with a better screen. I think that, you know, Apple's got a nice uh, product line now. And I think that, you know, I think maybe unlike the phone where uh, after two years, you can get a new phone for cheap. You know, with most phone companies, you you get a deal when your contract is up or if you sign a two-year contract. And in this case, I think that that's gone away mostly for the iPad. 
I think most of the iPads are contract free and they have the Apple SIM. Um, so I think maybe iPads don't get replaced as quickly as iPhones. You know, I think the iPhone replacement cycle might be a little bit or even quite a bit uh, shorter than the iPad replacement cycle. And also, I think people put more miles on their iPhones than their iPads. And so after a year or two, an iPhone is usually in worse shape than an iPad. That makes sense. But we have to wrap up now, Bob Levitas. Tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do. Oh, the best place to look for my writing lately has been the Mac Observer. I've been writing at least one piece a week for them, MacObserver.com. Um, I still write for the Houston Chronicle, but they've got a paywall. So if you go through Google, you can read one article, I think. Um, and then there's BobLevitas.com where you can uh, read all about me and uh, sign up for consulting or training if you want it, uh, things like that, at BobLevitas.com. Bob Levitas, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Hey, thanks for having me. As always, a pleasure. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to A2Hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. The human body is extraordinary. 
Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Kirk McElhern. He's the iTunes guy for Macworld, and he also has his own blog, Kirkville, at McElhern.com, where he tells you the rest of the story. And I want to ask you just one thing that just hit my eyes at this point and that is your headline on thursday paying the pono premium neil young's exorbitantly priced high-res music that's a tongue twister if you ever heard one isn't isn't that a great alliterative headline it's just it, just adored I, man i thought about that for a while to get it just right okay so what's the deal here what is the difference between high-res music and normal res music, is it a higher bit rate or what? Well, high-resolution music is considered to be a quality that's greater than that that you get on a CD. Uh, it's generally the quality that's used when people are recording and mastering in the studio. Um, it, has two, uh, it has two differences. There's the bit depth, which isn't the same as the bit rate, and there's the sample rate. The bit depth affects basically the dynamic range in a recording so that's the amount of distance in air quotes between the softest and the loudest sound on a recording um cds are done at 16 bits and studio recordings are generally done at 24 bits and then these these are down samples to make cds the sample rate is the number of samples taken per second you could liken that to the number of frames per second in a movie except for a cd the sample rate is 44,100 
samples per second. It's an awful lot more than frames. Um, high resolution is anything higher than that. But the, the sort of standard is 96,000. So you'll see people talking about high resolution audio and they'll talk about 24 slash 96 files. So that's 24 bits in depth. And 96 is the kilohertz or the thousands of samples per second. All right, we understand high resolution here. So it's like you get a retina display Mac, and it's got four times as many pixels as the non-retina display. We understand the concept here. But I think the question to ask is, does it make a difference in what you actually can hear? Or is it just a lot of hype for nothing? It's like the difference between 400 pixels on a screen and 500. You can't see the difference. Yeah, we've discussed this in the past. Um, it's If you've got a TV set that's SD, standard definition, and you replace it with one that's HD, you're going from, well, in the States, you're going from 480 lines to, 10, to 1,080. Over here, it's 560, so there's a little bit less of a difference. Um, you see the difference. You've got twice as many pixels vertically. You've got twice as many horizontally, so it's four times as much. With music, the difference between that 44,100 samples per second and 96,000 really doesn't make that much of a difference. If you're a dog, you'll hear the difference because um, the higher sample rate translates to higher frequencies. So if you've got a high-resolution recording and it's got some very high frequencies and you've got an amplifier that can handle those frequencies and you've got speakers that can handle those frequencies because it's got to be the whole chain, then dogs would probably hear the difference. So basically, um, if I bring in sorry. my dog, Teddy Bear, if I bring in my dog, Teddy Bear, yeah. he'll hear the difference. Well, he'll hear it, whether or not he'll appreciate it. It depends on what kind of music he likes. Um, cats and rabbits, they don't hear it. Um, human beings over around 20s, if they haven't listened to a lot of loud music, they can't hear anything higher than about 16,000 hertz. Most stereos and even headphones can do 20 to 20,000 hertz. So even the 20,000, um, and that's what you get on a CD, you get up to 20,000. That's higher than what we can hear, what most of us. Young children, obviously, before their ears have started to get worn out, they can hear a bit higher. Now, there are some people who come up with all sorts of explanations for this, saying that, well, you can't hear it, but it makes a difference anyway, that these higher frequencies affect the way lower frequencies are reproduced. <sighs> you know... If people who follow my blog know that I have this running series, how hi-fi magazines talk about cables, where I highlight some of the most ridiculous reviews of cables and other types of audio equipment. People who want to spend more for music and for audio equipment and for cables and power cables and everything, they'll come up with reasons to justify their expenses, and you just can't sway them. But in, in blind tests, people consistently cannot tell the difference between a CD and high-resolution music. They can't tell the difference between a CD and, let's say, iTunes quality music. So that's 256 kilobits per second. It's not the same bits as we were talking about before. Okay, let's just emphasize that, okay? Once again, iTunes Music, AAC, which is not Apple, that's Advanced Audio Codec, 256K. In a blind test, people will not be able to tell the difference between that recording and the CD version of the recording, assuming both are done properly. If it's the same recording, whether it's done properly or not, um, I guess I guess a poorly mastered recording might sound a little bit worse when it's compressed. Um, but on your average recording, 
there have been tons of blind tests done, and people simply can't tell the difference. You can even go down a little bit in quality. So when you're ripping music, the bit rate, as we were talking about the 256, the lower the bit rate, the less quality, because the less music there is, the more that's been removed. Um, you can go down a bit. People still can't tell the difference. It's important, though. So the, you're reacting to my article about Neil Young's Pono, which is both a player and a music store that handles high-resolution music. Neil Young likes to say that 90% of music is removed between a studio and when you buy it. So what he's doing is he's looking at the amount of data there is in a studio recording at 2496 and comparing that to the amount of data there is in a recording you get from iTunes. While there's a lot of data removed, most of it is things you can't hear. It's not when you rip a CD or when, when Apple converts masters into the recordings they sell, you're not just lopping off the music. They're using a very complicated system that removes frequencies that you can't hear, especially low frequencies, that also um, gets rid of repetition. The same way that you can compress a text file, you use zip compression and make it maybe a quarter of its size, a lot of the compression in music is similar to that. It's not all just cutting out the music. It's cutting out duplications. It's cutting out repetition. Right. Things you can't hear. Um, it's very complicated. If if listeners want to go to the Wikipedia page and look at audio compression, um, these algorithms are extremely complicated and well above my math pay grade. Okay, but the big point is here. We take Neil Young, who's, what, 70-something years old. Yeah. And we stick him in a room. Man, he's lucky after being a rock musician for 50 years. If he can hear over 8 or 9K, he's in good shape. He's better well, than a he's, lot of rock singers. He's admitted in interviews that he has hearing loss and tinnitus. So okay. I don't think he's the poster child for this type of um, audio. Okay, so the question I have here is, does he believe this stuff? Or did some salespeople come in there and say, you know, do something for the young people here, give them more of the music, give them a better reproduction of your performance? Was he sold a bill of goods? He can't hear the difference. So what does he think he's giving us? I don't know. And that's one of the problems with this. I mean, if it was someone who was 30 years old, I would be a lot more likely to listen to something they say. But, you know, Neil Young is old. And he's got hearing loss and he's got tinnitus. Um, there's, there's a lot of discussion in the music buff world, let's say. The, I, I don't like, want to use the term audiophile here because this goes beyond that. That One of the biggest problems with music today is not so much the way it's reproduced, but the way it's mastered. Um, it's mastered to be loud. You know, there's this singer, Taylor something, and she had a new album out that everyone's talking about. Taylor you know, Swift? Yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. I thought who was... she was. I, I thought she was a country singer, and so I went on iTunes to listen to the um, samples of this album, and it's all this heavy, overproduced Madonna, um, Lady Gaga type music. Well, you know what uh, happens here quite often, Kirk, is that a country artist wants to break out into a mainstream audience, so they'll record something that's a lot more commercial, whatever we call commercial. Let's get into more of this in the next segment. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three square meals you'll need in an emergency. So the freeze-dry guys three-square meal unit sale is just a ticket. A variety pack of tasty, nourishing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on sale now. Breakfast is freeze-dry guys' favorite. Hot oatmeal and sweet dehydrated bananas. Lunch is Mountain House freeze-dried hot macaroni and cheese and crisp green beans. And dinner is Mountain House long grain wild rice pilaf and hearty beef stew, vegetables, and gravy. Call freeze-dry guy and ask for details on the 120 26 serving three square meals unit. One case normally $164.37. Sale price at only $138.90. Save over 25 bucks. Get two or three cases and save even more. Or ask about Freeze Dry Guys Fall Chili Special. Always free shipping to lower 48 states. Call 866-404-3663 or click freezedryguy.com. And hurry, the Fall Chili Special and three square meals unit are on sale while supplies last. From the Freeze Dry Guy, the finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available for long-term storage, period. The average American family spends over $1,000 a month on food. No person is exempt from this need. With the holidays here, why not give the most important gift you can give? The gift of food freedom and security. GoFoods is perfect for the college student, traveler, outdoorsman, family, busy professional, and the retired. Storable for 25 years, non-GMO, kosher certified, and affordable, GoFoods meals are easy to make. Add water, and in 15 minutes, you have a delicious meal. GoFoods packaging allows you to store food in the small of living spaces. Take Go Foods anywhere. The bug out bag, the RV, the car, the trail, the pantry, and on the table. Go anywhere, but don't go hungry. Serve it today, save it for the future, and share it this holiday season. Special holiday packages available. Call 800-648-9753 or on the web at www.storefoodnow.com. That's 800-648-9753 or www.storefoodnow.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturing. 
manufacturers. If you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for 129000 You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Kirk McElhern joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Isle Live. We're talking about this super high-resolution format scheme being pushed by Neil Young for a much higher price, whether you could even hear the difference. And we're getting into the fact that recording today is loud, very limited dynamic range, that I think everybody sounds pretty much the same because of production techniques, the same slick production. We mentioned Taylor Swift. I was mentioning before that an artist who may be popular in one particular area of music they want to go to a more mainstream audience, and so they changed their style. I'll give you an example. Back in the 70s, the so-called disco diva Donna Summer, she was sang Broadway, and she had an amazing voice. She died a few years ago. Even at the end, she has this amazing voice with a lot of range, beautiful voice. She doesn't just have to sing disco. She didn't then. When she did her concerts, she sang more mainstream stuff. It's a matter of an artist just wanting to reach a bigger audience. We respect that. The point being here, though, is that modern recordings are not going to take advantage of any alleged high-resolution capability. No, and this is one of the issues, and even Neil, Neil Young has raised this, that the master itself has to be better. Um, the masters of these Taylor Swift recordings or Madonna, Lady Gaga, any pop music today are horrendously compressed. Now, we're talking about a different kind of compression here. We're talking about audio compression to make the dynamic range much more limited so it's loud all the time. These, this kind of music cannot benefit from any real improvement in sound. So you better speakers, it'll maybe sound better and a little bit less distortion, but it's, it's a failure to start with. And to give Neil Young credit for one thing, he has pointed out that, that better mastering is needed. Um, and a lot of people who are, as I said earlier, music buffs, not even so much audiophiles, agree that better mastering makes a big difference. I think we discussed in the past different mas masterings of Beatles albums. Um, the one they did about five years ago, the last remasters of the Beatles, really sounds clear, and in particular the mono recordings they did, whereas the previous ones that date back to the 90s were horrible. They sounded like they were... They were flat, and they didn't have any sort of depth to them. Well, you so, know, it's very interesting here. I read an article in one of the audio magazines, Sound and Vision, that suggested that the best way to hear the Beatles, I guess through Sgt. Pepper, maybe not so much after that, is to listen to the remastered mono versions, not stereo, because that's not the way they were originally done in the studio. So when they were mastered in the studio, they're listening to a sound that changes when you go to stereo. Yeah, and I think we discussed this a while ago when I wrote an article about mono music. The original masters, for Sgt. Pepper in particular, 
the master, George Martin spent three weeks on the mono master and then spent two or three days on the stereo because that's what people were listening to. They were listening to the mono masters on transistor radios on little record players that had tinny sound to start with. So it wasn't worth it for them to spend the time. One of my favorite recent releases is the remasters of Miles Davis's early Columbia um, recordings in mono. And it was the same. There was an art of Microsoft microphone placement, musician placement. Um, they weren't just using a single microphone. Of course they were using three and it was mixed down from three tracks into one, but all the work in the studio was about the positioning rather than any sort of trickery afterwards. And when you listen to, I mean, kind of blue in mono, it has a character that the stereo mix simply doesn't have. Okay, so we're looking here at the fact that when an artist, a producer, get together to produce something, they have an idea of the kind of sound they want to convey. And probably the best way to hear their music is as close as possible to that original composition, that original master recording. And with the Beatles, as we said, it's probably, especially the early Beatles, mono. And you kind of wonder, though, with the statement you made before about the poor quality of Beatles masters from, what, the 80s or 90s? The 90s, the 80s and, and 90s, yeah. Yes. And you think, though, that the surviving members of the Beatles were listening, weren't they, to these masters saying, that's how I want it? Didn't they have to sign off on these things? Yeah, or are they I'm just looking sure. at the checks, you know? Maybe it's uh, just Yeah, the they might have. I'm not sure if they were actually involved. Um, remember that their approach to mastering might have been trying to get back to the sound that they had when they were young, as opposed to taking advantage of the improved stereo digital quality sound that we have now. So maybe it's simply that they, you know, they were older. They were thinking of music maybe in a different way. Anyway, regardless, the long and short of it is that it's not worth paying extra money for Neil Young's little scheme there with his high-res music. That's it. That's the end of the story. Well, I, I'm, you know, I, I try to have an open mind, and I've always I've written a number of articles about this, and I've always said there are probably a handful of people um, who have the type of stereo equipment, and we're talking tens of thousands of dollars worth. Well, one of our former guests, Bob Carver, as yeah. we know of, of Carver Corporation and Sunfire, Bob is an old friend of mine, and he's currently building tube amplifiers and a loudspeaker system, and it costs about the price of a Toyota Camry, fully equipped. Right. So you, you've got people who have the experience, I would say the ears, um, who have the money to be able to afford um, the kind of equipment. I mean... There are probably some people who can hear the difference, but I think for the majority of people, it's just a waste of money. You'd be better off buying a better pair of speakers. Um, uh, personally, I think that speakers are where you really hear the difference. Most amps seem to sound the same. At least that's what people in the business realize. But if you get good speakers, then yeah, it'll make a difference. So get speakers. Don't waste your money on this music. However, do try and find music that's mastered better instead of getting music, you know, pop music, that's really mastered in a crappy way. The only correction I make to what you said about amplifiers sounding the same, that's true if they're not run into distortion, or if there are tube amplifiers, because tube amplifiers interact with speaker systems in a way that alters the frequency response some, and that changes the sonic texture. 
and some people like that. Yes, but that's but distortion. That, that's that's distortion. distortion. Right. Yep. Exactly. But people like it. That's fine. Anyway, let's go to a slightly related musical issue, and that is iTunes 12 comes with a West Ten Yosemite, continues not to get the love, and people continue to be confused over features. And you have a issue you'd like to talk about about syncing your yeah. files Syn- and stuff. I have a syncing issue I want to ask you about, but before we do that, let's just talk about the basic features. So somebody writes a comment on technightowl.com about why they don't like the new iTunes, and they said there's no sidebar. But there is a sidebar, sidebar, but it's not yeah. readily obvious that it's available. Well, it's, it's not called the sidebar. You'll see the sidebar when you're looking at any of your content, music, movies, TV shows, whatever. You'll see at the top center navigation bar, you'll see a button that says playlist. And when you click that, it displays a sidebar with your playlist, as well as the library that you're in it. So if you're in your music library, it shows the music library at the top. It's not called a sidebar as it was before. And that's maybe Apple's fault for saying playlist instead of sidebar, because the most popular blog post on my uh, most popular article on my website right now is how to display the iTunes 12 sidebar. And I'm getting two or 3,000 page views a day from people who Google it. In fact, somehow I got the number one hit if you Google iTunes 12 sidebar, I'm at the top. So everyone comes to my website, and it's really a simple thing. It's just clicking a button, but it's a change of terminology that is a little bit disturbing. So Apple has just made us more and more confused. And also, the fact is that the commands in the center of the screen in iTunes. The navigation. The navigation. They yeah. vary in terms of the position depending on what kind of content you're looking at. So, you know, the muscle memory yep. is no longer there. Yeah. It makes it confusing. And, and there are three different places you need to click to be able to change what you're seeing and the way you're seeing it. On the left, you choose a library. So that's music, movies, TV shows, etc. In the center, you choose what you want to see from that library so my music or playlists or the itunes store and then all the way at the right you have a view options menu which is the way you want to see it so sorted by songs albums artist genres etc so you've got to go to three locations and remember that you have three variables um each of which affects each other so i guess the internal logic is these commands are context sensitive to the kind of content you want But in regular use, if you're used to clicking here, you're used to clicking here to get something, and suddenly it's not there. It just confuses you. Before we get more confused, we've got Kirk McElhern joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. For every political persuasion, we are GCN. For all our loyal listeners, it's time for another giveaway. Over the next 30 days, our friends at SupernaturalSilver.com are giving away six 16-ounce Supernatural Silver liquid valued at nearly $100 per bottle or their skin and body gel priced at $49.98. All you have to do is enter and win at GCNlive.com. Hurry, contest ends December 5th. GCN can give you and your loved ones a fighting chance with the Supernatural Silver giveaway at GCNlive.com. 
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Owl Live. Let me tell you again about our new feature, which is called Tech Night Owl Plus. Tech Night Owl Plus, and what's it all about? Very simple. As with any commercial radio show, and we're on the GCN network, and of course there are some other networks that have shows distributed in wide places, we have a lot of ads, normal for radio. Now, we like to think that some of those ads have messages you'd like to hear, but maybe you don't. You'd rather fast forward through the ads. So we have a convenience for you called Tech Night Out Plus, where we offer an ad-free version of the Tech Night Out Live. We have a comparable feature for the other show, the Paracast, called Paracast Plus. We'll be adding other features as time goes on. Let's see what the kind of reaction we get to the service. But what this means is if you like to hear a higher-resolution version of the show, it's 128K mono, which is the same as 256K stereo. No reason to do stereo. 128K mono. You're getting a copy off the original master of the radio show, but no ads, all right? Tech Night Owl Plus, no ads, and it's $5 a month, $50 a year. $5 a month, $50 a year. Without the ads, higher audio quality. Tech Night Owl Plus, go to plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com to learn more about Tech Night Owl Plus. Okay, Kirk, we were talking about iTunes 12 not getting the love, and obviously we were pointing about the interface here. The fact is that you have these context-sensitive navigation commands that are in different positions, of course have different, sometimes different labels, depending on the kind of content you're viewing. I guess to Apple that seemed logical, but if you're just used to clicking somewhere, it's not logical. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult program to pin down. One of the things that really bothers me is that they saw fit to change it yet again. Uh, remember a few versions of iTunes ago, we had that sidebar on the right of the window 
it was like an iTunes store sidebar. And then we had that ping social network thing. They just keep changing things and they don't need to change things so much. They could just let it remain similar because there are two types of people who use iTunes, those who sink a handful of items. Um, and then the people with really large media libraries, and I'm one of the latter, you'd think that they would take into account the fact that with an installed base of however many hundreds of millions of people, that this sort of thing is disturbing for people. If they are people who use iTunes regularly, it just gets confusing. It's too late for this version. Of course, it's been two years since the last change, but they don't need to change every time. They could really just take their time a little bit and and try and get it settled in such a way that people will be comfortable and make tiny incremental changes. They made cosmetic changes. They took out all the shadows, which fits with the Yosemite, and that's fine. That doesn't bother anyone. Um, but making changes to the navigation are are things that actually greatly destabilize people, I've found. And I get lots of emails from people who are just very confused about this. So if you were sitting Jeffrey Robin and the iTunes crew down in a little dark room and you said, guys, gals, this ain't working, what would you suggest they do? Make it more consistent? Maybe slim it down somewhat? Because I think part of the problem with iTunes is that it's big, bloated, sprawling, and maybe they felt compelled to make a change and went in the wrong direction. Yeah, I I don't buy the bloated thing. it's you don't use all the features of the app if you don't have movies and tv shows it doesn't matter that it can manage movies and tv shows and the people who talk about it being bloated they always talk about let's split it up into separate apps as if that would be a solution it's not a solution would you rather have six or seven apps instead of one to manage all the content that you sync with your ios devices that's not going to make things any better remember when we had iSync back in the day that was pretty disastrous how to know what to do, I don't know. I think one of the problems is that iTunes is a complex program. If you want to do complex things, a lot of people, they have small music libraries. They sync. It doesn't matter. Once you want to start making playlists and smart playlists and organizing your music and tagging your films and, and all that, then it becomes a lot more complex. I think there's a big gulf between the average user and the power user with not a lot of transition between the two. I don't think it's really a bell curve. I think it's a lot. I think it's a bell curve maybe with two humps. Um, A big, big hump near the bottom, the average user uses very little of iTunes, and a smaller hump a lot higher up, and in the middle, not a lot. Most people I know fall into one of those two camps. They either have a bit of music, movies, TV shows, apps, and, and whatever, and they sync, or they're really music fanatics, or they rip their DVDs and they maintain big media libraries. So, yeah, to, to, to answer your question, I'm not going to answer it, um, because it's, it's, it's just a very difficult question. How would you know? Um, one thing that I've suggested, I think I wrote this in my review of iTunes 12 for Macworld, is that there should be a basic and advanced mode in iTunes, where in basic mode, you're hiding a lot of the more complicated controls. Um, you get rid of the sidebar. People don't need to see it. You've got simple screens, maybe more than one type of content visible at a time. And then in the advanced mode, you have what you have now where people can access information and tag files and, and make the kind of changes they want to change. 
Well, this is obviously a problem that Apple's not going to solve overnight. Well, they're not going to solve it overnight, and I don't think they really want to. Um, and and this is one of the surprising things that, given that it is the app that is the most used, um, the Apple app most used after their operating systems, uh, you'd kind of expect them to want to make it a little bit better. It's a, it's a showcase for Apple in many ways. But you know, I get tons of emails from people. Um, with iTunes problems, um, both for my Ask the iTunes Guy column on Macworld and my website. I look at Apple's support forums and see the number of people with iTunes problems. And again, it's a small percentage of the users, but there are lots of problems and things that don't work and things that are confusing. And so these days it's syncing. There's all sorts of syncing problems and album artwork that doesn't display and little things. Um, but I think Apple needs to realize that there is a power user using this app and there is an average user using the app and you can't please them both with the same interface. So do you therefore have a power user's interface? Well, as I said, a basic and advanced mode, maybe you click a button, basic advanced, and it changes the interface. It changes the amount of information that's accessible to you. I don't know. I kind of think that I like iTunes the way it was a few years ago before all the stuff got added in, but we have to do that. We have all the different ranges of content. And still, even if you forget the interface and some of the glitches or some of the differences that people don't like, there are other areas of iTunes that don't work quite so well. And I've got one which maybe is just a matter of something I missed. So I did a full restore of an iPhone just a week or so ago. Full restore meaning setting it up as a new device, reloading my apps, redoing my preferences. Now, I was able to do that pretty easily, but then I ran to a situation where there was no option to transfer my email accounts over. I didn't well, see it. Done. That's all done through iCloud now. It didn't happen. Well, that's an iCloud problem. And don't get me started on iCloud. That, to me, is where Apple's really dropped the ball. Um, with iCloud, with with all of these cloud services, there are so many problems. Um, iCloud Drive was not working well for a while. A lot of people lost documents. iCloud syncing has always been wonky, and and you hear about developers who've got apps that are syncing things, and so many of them have gone to their own sync servers rather than to, than to use iCloud. Um, as you say, certain things. For you, it was email accounts. For some people, contacts and calendars don't sync correctly. It's a real headache. I mean, I think cloud syncing is very difficult, but that's not a reason for Apple to be selling a product that's not working because of problems like that. Well, part of it also is that iCloud Keychain is incredibly buggy. We'll get into more of that in a moment with Kirk McElher and I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. (laughs) 
say here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturing. If you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for 129000 You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. 
Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So Apple's big deal is iCloud. Put your stuff in the cloud, sync with the cloud. But things are weird, things are flaky, syncing doesn't happen. Yeah, and it's it's impossible to troubleshoot. And that's one of the problems even with syncing an, an iOS device with iTunes. Troubleshooting is just something that doesn't happen. You get to a point that says, for instance, step six, waiting for items to sync or something like that. My friend Rob Griffiths, I think he let his iPhone 6 stay like that for 16 hours. And the sync stopped because he's been in touch with Apple. And they said that, well, yeah, the, the sync is just stuck on something. Let it go. It'll finish. In 16 hours? That seems like a lot. I actually had more syncing problems with iOS 7 than I do now. There were times when I would want to go out and take a walk and say, hey, I don't have this album on my iPhone and I want to listen to it today. And then all of a sudden the sync would fail. So when you can't trust it, you just kind of give up. You, you lose faith or something like that. Uh, it's inscrutable. They yeah. had a song called It's Impossible, It's Inscrutable. Yeah. iCloud is inscrutable. So what is Apple going to do? How is Apple going to figure this out? Because this is very important. We've got one drive, and we've got this drive, and we've got that drive, and Apple is playing in that game. How do they fix it? Well, Apple's choice is to not play the same game. They have decided to not make a cloud service like Dropbox or OneDrive or Box or whatever, um, you can put files into iCloud Drive just sort of ad hoc, um, but it's not designed for that, and you don't get the same amount of storage at the same price and all. So Apple's gambled more on keeping the walled ecosystem, providing a cloud service to give you access to your data and your files on Macs, on iOS devices, and within certain constraints, rather than opening it up like Dropbox. And I don't think Apple's interested in making a Dropbox-like service, even though this is what a lot of people really want. Why won't Apple do that? That's a good question. Well, I think they want the control. They don't want the flex. They don't want to give people the flexibility, maybe because it's so easy to break. And that's a guess. Um, Maybe the fact that syncing doesn't always work has led them to decide, well, let's just keep it to a minimum and not provide the same kind of service. It's interesting because Dropbox, for me, literally never fails. Every once in a while, you hear that the Dropbox server has gone down or something. Um, but it's so rare that it's, you know, it's like getting hit by lightning. Um, Dropbox is one of the most reliable 
services that I've used ever um, with the internet. But I just don't think that fits into Apple's logic of wanting to give you a package which includes the hardware and the software and the services. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Apple tries to branch out into more services in the future. Well, wouldn't it be good, though, to make something that's compatible with Dropbox? Even Microsoft is doing that, right? Yeah, that's interesting. So Microsoft made their Office, but I think it's only Office for iOS, um, compatible with Dropbox. So you can put files in your Dropbox folder and get to them on your iPad and open them with Office for iPad or whatever it's called, Office for iOS. Why doesn't Apple do that? I don't know. It's a tough call. I mean, you can... I don't think you can get files from Dropbox into pages or numbers, but you can get files from Dropbox into plenty of other apps. Um, Apple doesn't necessarily have a wall, but they're not making the sort of pipes to get Dropbox files from Dropbox into Apple's own apps. You know what? Unless Apple changes their ways, this won't change. The only suggestion I would have for them is they need to fix the glitches. Forget everything else. Make sure it works predictably. Make sure that doing something what seems to be very minor won't break everything. You want it to just work, and anything that works against that concept has to be fixed. Yeah, and so, so some of the problems that I've seen with Yosemite, before the show we were briefly talking about Yosemite issues, and I've had problems with these handoff and continuity features. Um, AirDrop is very flaky. For a while, I would handoff and continuity hardly ever worked. Now it works almost all the time with all my devices, but one, my MacBook Pro, just absolutely um, impervious to air to handoff and continuity. AirDrop is the same. Sometimes it'll work with some devices, sometimes with others, which means that when when you have a feature like that and it doesn't work reliably, you just don't use it because you're used to the workaround that you've used um, when it didn't work iCloud, a work in progress, and maybe Apple will never reach the end of it. But in this day where we have these other companies that are really pushing for cloud services, how much time does Apple have to get it together? I think they, I, th- I think this is one of the problems that they do have a lot of time because of this walled ecosystem um, that means that people who own Macs and who own iOS devices are basically stuck with this. Now, a lot of them aren't using iCloud for those reasons. I think your average user probably does. I have no idea how many people use, let's say, um, pages uh, on iCloud.com or, or on an iPhone or whatever. Um, the software's free now. Remember, it used to be, I think they were $20 each when they were first introduced on iOS and then $10 and then free with a new device, which was last year. And then this year, just plain free. And that obviously prompts people to use them. But how many people actually use them? I don't know. You know, Microsoft Word and Excel, they're still the standards um, in enterprise. So the, the number of people using it is probably a small fraction. But you're locked into a certain ecosystem, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's a pretty good ecosystem, but you're still locked in and your choices are limited. And, and I guess if that doesn't affect the way you work and what you want to do, you're just going to put up with it. And the issue here is, does it impact your work? I guess we'll see. You know, something occurs to me, and I mentioned this very briefly in our previous segment with Bob Levitas, who was in full steam rant mode, and that is the way 
the media treats stories these days where it's so often that they'll publish something from a company, basically repeat almost verbatim or mostly verbatim a press release, and then make a headline assuming that it's true. And I'll give you an example of this. Maybe you have some comments. So we know, for example, with iOS 8, the oldest hardware doesn't work so well. An iPhone 4S, an iPad 2, it's slower. So Apple comes out with an update a few days ago, 8.1.1, promising performance improvements. So the headlines all basically take what Apple says and they echo it. So they say, get better performance with 8.1.1 on your iPhone 4S or iPad 2. Assuming the statement is correct, not even assuming the degree to the performance improvement, just assuming it's correct, accepting it as gospel, being a copy machine rather than a reporter. I'm going to ask Kirk what he thinks about that practice before I give you actual results of how 8.1.1 changes things. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. 
Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what Longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have Longevity. Hey everyone, my Ghost 80% AR-15 project was a total success. Thank you, Guns80.com. Thank you. I bought my Ghost AR-15 at Guns80.com. It's everything I expected and more. Just got a note from my buddy Mark, and now they're having a huge Black Friday and a big Cyber Monday sale. Guess Christmas is coming early this year. I'm definitely ordering one for my brother on Black Friday because the price drops to 400 bucks. Yes, I did just say that. 400 bucks. Unbelievable. At guns80.com, the big sale is on. Begins Friday, November 22nd, and ends December 1st. So hurry now. Sale prices for Ghost ARs again, 400 bucks. Black Friday will be a good day. Get your Ghost AR-15 at guns80.com. Sale is on right now at guns80.com. That's guns80.com. Guns and the number 8080.com. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everyone from our good friends at guns80.com. The big sale is on. I'll see you there. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Don't forget our ad-free version of Tech Night Owl Live called Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot It's actually quite a deal for $5 a month or $50 a year. You'll get access to a special private area of our forums, and you'll be able to download ad-free versions of the Tech Night Owl Live. We have a small chat room open there now. Lots of features are coming. Check it out. Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, is here. Did you see all these stories that came out, Kirk, about iOS 8.1.1 and the alleged performance improvement? Well, all these websites do is they just copy what's in the change notes. So when you see the update, it says, you know, here's what's changed. Um, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I would like to see more of them follow up afterwards, checking the change notes and see if the changes were actually made. I know that one journalist from Macworld UK had problems with Wi-Fi in Yosemite, and she tweeted that she, that the update, the Yosemite update, fixed it. So there was at least one anecdotal proof of the update fixing something it claimed to be fixing. Um, okay, I, but the reason I want to mention this, for example, is wouldn't it have been better to say Apple promises or claims performance improvements? Not that Apple delivers or anything, yeah, but Apple, a, okay, Apple states 
that this update has performance improvements. The yeah. problem being is that when you actually check it and you actually test it, Ars Technica tested it. Okay, they tested app launch times, startup shutdown, responsiveness for multiple tabs in Safari, things like that. They tested it to see the truth. What's really happening here? Is it possible that iOS 8.1.1 on an iPhone 4S or iPad 2 provide an improvement? Now, they did test the original 8.0 release, and you can see where apps took longer to launch, maybe a quarter of a second, maybe a half a second, maybe a full second, but that can mean the difference between snappy response and uh, not so snappy, lagging interface. They tested 8.1.1 on the same two items, iPhone 4S and iPad 2, with iOS 7.1.2, iOS 8, and 8.1.1. So what's the verdict? Compared to 8, according to Ars Technica, doing all these benchmark tests, very, very, very slight difference. Fraction of a fraction of a second in launch times for the most respects. Sometimes no change at all. Sometimes the difference is within the margin of error. The only improvement appears to be in Safari. Safari opens faster and is better able to handle larger numbers of tabs where you have a limit of memory and it could refresh quicker. That's about it. Not much of an improvement. Yeah, it's, I, I personally, I wouldn't expect a great deal of improvement on older devices like that. So how much can you test? I mean, yes, it, it should be tested. I think that's good, but you can't expect miracles. And, you know, as we know, this is just the way technology is. You're once you're a couple of um, couple of years out, your device is no longer going to be able to have the same type of performance that it did before. Indeed, we understand that. We do know that with iOS seven, when you went to seven point one point two, and you had the iPhone 4, which was the oldest supported device, there was a noticeable improvement. It wasn't quite like iOS 6, but it was somewhere in the middle. So this alleged improvement with 8.1.1 and the old hardware was not as significant. But the problem is that I read dozens of stories about it, and everyone reported it as if it was a fact, that there were performance improvements. They all said, Apple delivers performance improvements. And like I said, use a qualifier. Apple, Apple promises performance improvements. Or deliver, or attempts to deliver on the promise. Or claims performance improvements. Some kind of qualifier saying that this is Apple's statement. It is not proven. Yeah, you're right. Um, but it's a question of time. Um, and It's and one word. Know. Yeah, okay. I don't want to say that they're necessarily lazy, but it is they are. the easy way out. They um, are lazy. It's, it's reporting, no, it's reporting news instead of analysis, right? Well, yes, but even when you report news, you don't say John Smith robbed the bank. John Smith was charged with robbing no. the bank. Yes, he allegedly robbed the bank. Yeah. You know, or this politician allegedly had a wider audience for a show unless the ratings show they do. 
or claims he had a larger audience to his rallies. He claims yeah. he has a larger audience. Well, let's prove it. If, not, someone says dealing, they, if someone we're, says we're, they fixed a problem, check the problem. If someone says there's more performance, say they claim there is. They promise there is. We're not dealing with the same level of journalism. No, we're not. We're dealing with no level of journalism. It's a copy machine. You take a press release, you simply summarize it, which is fine, but you don't add the one or two qualifier words that make the reader understand that this is not a fact, but merely Apple asserting it's a fact. Yeah, I personally, I mean, I see your point, but I, you know, I don't think we need to worry about that. I'd be more worried about global warming and, you know, real problems. Listen, in this country, we have a sizable number of people who do not believe there is any global warming. You have more people who believe in um, aliens from other planets than believe in global warming. Really? Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, there probably are aliens from other planets, however you believe on that subject, because... We know there are probably millions of planets out there based on what astronomers have discovered. Some of those planets have conditions that are conducive to life. So we assume life has arisen there. I totally agree. Absolutely. Um, I just raised that as, you know, a contrast. But I do not disagree with you at all. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm with you on that, even though I don't listen to your other podcast, which if you don't listen, it's called the Paracast, and it talks about things that go bump in the night or some kind of tagline like that. See, I'm giving you a free promo. Okay. All right. Speaking of iOS 8, some people say it's the buggiest iOS release ever. I don't agree with that. I think the number of bugs is similar to previous releases. What's your experience been? Yeah. People always say that things were better before, don't they? You know, the good old days. Um, I think it's six of one, half a dozen of another. There's, been lots of bugs there's some non-bugs there you know there have been problems there have been lots of problems but i don't think that that's just i don't think it's that simple to say it's the buggiest or it's you know it's a piece of crap or whatever i think you just need to realize that there are always problems in the release of an operating system it's a shame i think um i think we discussed this a while back um i personally think that they should go to a um, two-year cycle instead of a one-year cycle for releasing their new operating systems. I think they're trying to do too much too quickly, and they're making it too hard for the users to keep up. Um, Yes, there's bugs. There's always bugs. If Apple had three more months, would there be fewer bugs? Perhaps. And, And maybe that's the issue right there, is that they need to take a little bit more time when they're doing all this. They're doing too much. You know, we saw this a couple of years ago. Um, they had, was it Mount, was it Snow Leopard? Was that it? At one point, w- w- because of an iOS release, they, they, they passed the, the OS 10 release up another year or something. It was a few um, months, but that's the point. Six months into- or a year or something. It was, it was a long enough time that it made a difference. They had to um, take people off the project. We've got Kirk McElhern for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Great 
minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Genesis is defined as an origin, creation, or the beginning. Genesis Communications Network began with the mission of providing you with the kind of compelling content you're listening to now. And at GCNlive.com, you'll find a free archive of our nation's history, narrated by GCN hosts, explored, shared, and passed down to future generations. GCN is the future of talk radio, but we should always strive to learn from our past. Together, we are GCNlive.com. GCN. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three square meals you'll need in an emergency. So the freeze-dry guys three-square meal unit sale is just the ticket. A variety pack of tasty, nourishing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on sale now. Breakfast is freeze-dry guys' favorite. Hot oatmeal and sweet dehydrated bananas. Lunch is Mountain House freeze-dried hot macaroni and cheese and crisp green beans. And dinner is Mountain House long grain wild rice pilaf and hearty beef stew, vegetables, and gravy. Call freeze-dry guy and ask for details on the 120. 26 serving three square meals unit. One case normally 164.37. Sale price at only 138.90. Save over 25 bucks. Get two or three cases and save even more. Or ask about freeze dry guys fall chili special. Always free shipping to the lower 48 states. Call 866-404-3663 or click freezedryguy.com. And hurry, the fall chili special and three square meals unit are on sale while supplies last. From the freeze dry guy, the finest freeze dried and dehydrated foods available for long term storage. Period. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to proflowers.com. 
Click the blue microphone in the top right corner and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. If Kirk McElhern, I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. The question on the table, whether Apple's trying to do too much too quickly. And maybe they see, well, they've still got Android coming out with regular releases and Microsoft, and they want to be there with an annual upgrade for iOS. And now an annual upgrade for OS X. And is that too much too soon? And also the question here with iPhones and iPads is, must you introduce a new OS at the same time the iPhone comes out? Yeah, we don't worry about that with Macs. We don't worry about a Mac shipping no. with the previous operating system because it's freely upgradable. It's free. You don't have to pay anything for it. When the new upgrade's out, you download it and you install it. Yeah, we have seen in in past years and not recently that they would generally update some computers in the fall to correspond with the release of, of a new OS. Um, and there were times when they sort of tied that release to the new OS but we're not seeing that now. And I don't think Apple's going to go back to that as I don't think, I don't think Apple's going to make a habit of doing that. Um, one of the problems with the iPhone is that certain technologies are related to the OS in particular, what's needed for Apple pay There's a specific processor that's used for that. So that can only be available on new devices. Now they could release a device with the processor and release the OS three months later but then they'll get people taking the phone apart saying, oh, what's this processor? Apple's going to do this. So they also have to cut off what their competitors are going to be able to do. There may not be a lot in the future that's going to need specific processors. So we had the motion processor that tracks your steps and all that. And, and we had the Apple Pay processor. With any luck, we won't have too many of these in the future. And then maybe we won't need to tie an OS release to uh, a hardware release. But obviously, the, the, the portable devices are different because of that. In a, a desktop or a laptop computer, you basically have a CPU, a video processor, and a couple other things. You don't really have the same need for specific processors for specific tasks. So Apple doing too much? I guess they're kind of forced to with the iPhone because it's so competitive and they're only as good as this year's model. And therefore, they have to offer operating system features because that's a differentiator. It's not just having a screen that has fewer curves or slightly thinner cabinet or something like that, they've got to show some real positive improvement. With the Mac, there's a reason now because the Mac is really hot. More and more Macs are being sold than at any time in any previous year. So Apple is kind of forced to keep updating the operating system. But how do you come up with 200 new features every year? I mean, we're going to have an OS 10.11, codename whatchamacallit, we're going to have an iOS 9, and it's going to be the same thing all over again. Yeah, it's going to be, you're going to have the same problems of trying to keep up and things that don't work. And yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating, especially because, you know, if you really look, we're not seeing the same type of progress that we're seeing that we saw um, five or 10 years ago in computing. Um, we've reached a certain number of plateaus, and I think I've said this many times, I strongly believe that you know, 
there, there are just limits as to what can be done. And I'm not talking about speed because speed isn't an important issue anymore. Um, in new features, well, how many new features do you need every time um, to have an operating system? If you need 200 features, wait two years, maybe. Um, and again, a lot of these features that really aren't working very well to come back to the whole uh, handoff continuity and airdrop and all that. I would rather they got these features working well than just rush them out. Handoff and continuity didn't really start working until iOS 8.1, yet these were features that they had advertised as being in iOS 8 and as being in uh, Yosemite. You kind of expected that these features would be there on launch, and they weren't. Well, you know, maybe one thing they could do, and this is something Adobe started to do with their cloud-based updates to Photoshop and the Master Collection and everything, is to make the upgrades gradual. So therefore, every three months, you have an update, a minor update with a few new features. After a year or two, there's a lot of new stuff there, but it is gradual. Now, I see the hype of being able to have a special event with the new operating system and the new hardware, and that's important to sell product, and that's the reason why it happens. But they've got to run out of features somewhere along the line, or the new features will seem ridiculous. And so that's the argument again. Do you have an annual update, or do you have every quarterly or every six months, you add a few things? And maybe by doing that, you have more time to test each of the smaller number of new things. Well, yeah, it, it's really the question of, do you want to rush, or do you want to take your time? It's really that question. Um, do you want to get it out, or do you want to get it right? And I'm afraid they're more concerned about getting it out these days and getting it right. And and I think we're going to see another problem when the Apple Watch comes out. We're going to have another level of complication because um, there has to be compatibility between iOS and the Apple Watch. Now, we can assume a lot of that is going to be in an iOS update. But now we've got two devices that have to be updated at the same time. If there's links between iOS and OS X, that's a third operating system, even though the Apple Watch operating system is a derivative of iOS and it's a small operating system, you've still got the same, you've still got another device that's got to be made compatible, another family of devices. Even. Well, if you think it was hard now, imagine what's going to have to happen here with the iPhone, the iPad, the Apple Watch, and heaven the knows Apple what refrigerator. else. Imagine, you know, and when they come out with, let's say they, there's been rumors that the Apple TV might eventually become a, a hub for home automation. Fine, but that's another device that's got to be updated at certain times. Um, as it is, the Apple TV is a very simple operating system, and it does get its updates, major updates, at the same time as iOS, because it is iOS-based. But if it starts doing more, then that also has to be supported. And how many of these operating systems can Apple support without everything falling down? If they're all linked together, something that get slowed down on one of them can stop everything oh boy apple slow down take a breather relax enjoy yeah, the sun it, it would be it would be good for a lot of people it would you know as you said earlier they, they are competing with the iphone so they have to keep putting out new models just like the other um manufacturers but the, the difference with the other manufacturers is they're just taking a stock operating system and one that's months old when they release their phones and not worrying about the phones being compatible with the latest operating system. So they don't have the same level of constraints. So difficult. So difficult to keep things up. Are you going yeah. to buy an Apple Watch? You know, um, I was talking about it yesterday. 
um, on my podcast, The Committed. That's thecommitted.tv. And some people say I should be committed, but let's not get into that. And if I wasn't in the position where I'm going to be writing about this device, most likely I wouldn't buy it. Um, I don't think it's very attractive. I would probably feel embarrassed to have it on my wrist. It doesn't look like an Apple product to me. And I really don't see the need. If they're talking about $350 being the starting price, that'll be the sort of athlete version with the plastic wristband. The, the nicer version with the metal or the leather wristbands, we're talking about $500. You're getting up to the price of an iPhone here. And it needs an iPhone. It's not a standalone device. I, I think it's too expensive. The feature set doesn't really interest me. I'll buy the first one because I'm going to write about it. All right, After- there you go. Let's wrap it up. Kirk, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Visit my website, Kirkville at McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me over at Macworld, where I'm the iTunes guy, and I write about all sorts of other Apple-related things. And Kirk, tell your relatives back in New York that we can be heard on WVNJ in New York City, WVNJ okay. Radio. How about listen that? to this show on WVNJ Radio in New York City. Yeah, how about that? And you can find us online also if you go to iTunes and Stitcher and all that. Don't forget, if you want the ad-free version, go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com, and get information on how to sign up for our Tech Night Owl Plus Premium Service. That's a tongue twister, folks. You can also find us on Twitter, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. We are Tech Night Owl on Twitter. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. And this week, we're going to be talking about poltergeists and the world's most haunted house in Connecticut with author William Hall on the Paracast at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.